This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 446 for Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Stephen is back. You can find him at Stephen ESC on all the social media that matters. Hello, sir. Hello there. It's been a little little while since we've uh, chatted on the podcast. It's good to be back. It has been. It has been. I mean, you and I hang out all the time. Yes. Go to the gym throughout the week and, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, it has been a hot minute since you've mm. been on the show. I feel like I had to remind myself how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I've taken like, even taken a week or two off. And then you try to get back into it. You're just like, wait a minute. I've, I've said this 400 times. Why do I have to like refresh my brain <laughs> as to how to exactly. do this now, right? Uh, what uh, What nerdy things have you been up to over the last few weeks? Oh, nerdy things in the last little while, I guess. Um been having fun on over on twitch uh building a new lego uh actually the the vw camper van so the the volkswagen camper van there's there's two models there's one that's out now but i i managed to find the 2011 one the the red and white one secondhand on bricklinks and uh, i've been building that in the last couple streams so i've been enjoying that um yeah and then i guess i finished off stranger things season four the, the last little while and that was uh thoroughly enjoyed that as well how about yourself? I have started Stranger Things season four, part two. I have finished mm. part one. Uh, I started part two and I don't know what it was, whether it was just my attention span, whether like I was getting messages on my phone or whatever. I just didn't really finish it. It's like one of those things where like I paused it and I got distracted. Not that I didn't like it, uh, but I haven't been able to finish it before the show today. Um, and right. it only just it just came out on Friday. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like. Yeah, it's still fresh. It's still fresh and well, it's, I mean, it's only two episodes in part two and it would be perfectly doable to watch them between last Friday and today and talk about them. That's just not how the cookie crumbled this week. So, mm-hmm. um, while it's on our radar and our, on our list, I think you and I are just going to not, not talk about it, uh, this week and maybe we'll touch on it the next time you're on or I'll bring it up the next time. For sure. Oh yeah. No worries. Broadly. I'll just say that I really am enjoying season four. So um, I'm looking forward to to seeing how they conclude it. So we'll we'll get there. Uh, It's one of the few things that I feel like Netflix does where I don't feel like have to scrutinize. Like they've (laughs) sold me on three seasons. So I'm not watching it kind of going like rolling my eyes like, all right, when are we going to get going? Like it it seems to always have a good pace and always be a decent, decent entertainment. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've looked looked ahead yet or not, but the, uh, the final episode is like, almost two and a half hours so plan accordingly <laughs> okay so it's like two movies uh, yeah so that, yeah. that was maybe that was the other reason too is like i sat down to watch it over dinner on like saturday night and that's usually like an hour you know or so yeah. but of course <laughs> the, the it's 90 minutes plus the episode eight yeah or seven i can't remember which is which but like whatever the the first part of part two is 90 minutes and then you're saying this the second part the second episode is like two hours so yeah i think i think it was two hours and 22 minutes with credits so it's a wow yeah. that's a 
that's a hefty Netflix episode. And I, yeah. in a way, cool that they do it. You know, I'd rather them do that than break it up into episodes where they feel like they have to give the episode an arc. Like if, yes, if the story arc warrants two hours, do it in two hours, you know, exactly. and that's the freedom that you have with some of these streaming services. And I find very often a lot of them will be slave to the 44 minute sort of like, this is what it would be if it was on network television and there was commercials right. every 15 minutes, you know, um, sometimes that's comfortable. I feel like the last show that did that and jumped all over the place, even though I didn't realize it was Jack Reacher on amazon i feel like there's a couple huh. of episodes of that that were like 30 minutes or or 35 or something like that and then others that were 55 or an hour you know depending on what oh, nice. was going on yeah yeah good show i we talked about it here on the, on the podcast right. before but yeah um, we need to check that out yeah i mean action-packed and kind of well pretty violent in some places but um but i feel like that they they had the right pace for the show and um similar to um obi-wan kenobi that we talked about last week uh, episode three of obi-wan kenobi was 30 minutes long uh ish you know compared mm -hmm. to the the hour that most of the other ones were uh and again it was oh, one huh. of those action-packed like there's a lot of it was the, it was the rescue episode right so like uh, that kind of stuff they kept the pacing going and then they didn't fill it with any kind of fluff which i'm just like yeah i mean like i'm sad it's over in 30 minutes but at the same time like you didn't <laughs> need to say anything else like if that's if that was the the arc of this episode was the rescue well when the rescue is over that is the end of the episode you know mm -hmm. uh and there's only so much you can run down the hall away from stormtroopers right like you <laughs> look after a while you're like you, you sort of you sort of get it right um for me, the last week, I really haven't been doing a heck of a lot. There's been busy with work um, and busy with holiday weekend. I did a lot of cooking, so that that ends up taking up a oh, right. chunk of my time. Uh, and I also hit the gym uh, on my own a couple times, and, and that takes up a good chunk of time as well. But on the nerdy side of things, uh, I have the stream deck. I decided to keep the XL size. I It's not oh, the nice. best. It's not the best LCD display but i really like the real estate i found with with what i want to do uh specifically where you and i kind of have like a network of, of regulars in chat and people that we might want to raid on a regular basis and yeah and give shout outs to and stuff like that and having a large board to be able to do that is is very helpful and so that was kind of the thing that sold me on it uh, that and the hassle of returning i was like you know what for the extra hundred bucks like i'm just, i just i think i'll just keep it because functionally even though it's not the prettiest thing in the world functionally it it does more of what i wanted to do um, right. but i i actually added a, a feature i downloaded a plugin just today actually and it is called i wrote this down but i forgot to write it down the right place it's called bar raider b-a-r raider and oh, one it, word or two separate yeah, words? Uh, uh, one word with a drop, like a drop cap in the middle. Okay. If you look up macro in the plugin store for Stream Deck, it's one of two that show up. So it's the one that looks like it's more professional. <laughs> one of them looks like <laughs> was coded in someone's basement. And then the other one probably also coded in someone's basement, but it has like a proper graphic and a description and a, and a wiki and like a GitHub page and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I'll include the link in, in the show notes this week for people yeah, that please. might want to check it out. Uh, and what I like so much about it is how simple it was to use. Once you kind of get onto the wiki and looked at it 
for the syntax uh, because for what for people that don't know what I'm essentially doing and wanting to do was set up a macro code that I can run with the stream deck so by pressing a button on the stream deck I wanted my mouse button my left mouse button to click repeatedly for an AFK session in Minecraft and that will allow me to huh. gather some resources that are tougher to gather in the newer updates uh, while I'm doing other stuff rather than waiting for a bunch of zombies or things to build up at a farm and then lean over to my computer and hit click and kill them all and collect all the rewards i am doing it with uh, a macro so i'm not at the keyboard and it's great it's a toggle button you press it and it's it hits your left mouse key for me i set it for every 200 milliseconds so every two seconds your sword does a swipe and if you just press the key on the stream deck again the macro shuts off it's that simple you can, of course, program this macro to do all kinds of stuff. You could have it do like left click or right click. You could have it do a left hold. You could do like there's all these different things in the syntax. But all I needed it to do was just left click. So for now, very simple impl implementation. But if you were doing something else, like if you needed to eat while you were AFK, while you were doing the swinging, or if you needed to plant something, or if you needed to pick something up, like I feel like you could probably program it with the right amount of timing you know, nice. to, to do that. And, um, I really liked it. It's really simple. Uh, I, I love that I am discovering like every other week I discover something about the stream deck that I'm just like, Oh, it can do that too. Right. Uh, and part of it tonight was like, the first thing I looked at was my mouse. My razor mouse is a programmable mouse. And I looked up how to make macros on the mouse and it was complicated and I don't often run the razor software because it's, <laughs> it's cloggy and, and gums up my system. And it's, I don't particularly like it, but I like the stream deck software. And so I was just like, I'm just going to change the search a little bit. How do you create a macro on the stream deck? And sure enough, you know, Reddit, you know, pointed me towards this, um, this plugin and with directions on how to use it, like sweet. And it took me 10 minutes to set up That's something that I continue to be impressed by with the the stream deck is like once you have the basics of how it works and how most plugins work and what it can do then learning a new one or implementing a new feature doesn't take very long it's not hours of beating your your head against the computer monitor trying to figure out how to do something it's right. very straightforward it's very plug and play which i think is probably one of the reasons why they're so successful right because you don't have to be a coder to do it. You have to be a coder to write plugins for it, but to use the plugin, you don't have to be a mastermind. Like you can just kind of drag and drop and, and sort it out. I have not let myself go down the rabbit hole of doing all custom like graphics for my buttons. Cause I would, it would no, take me, me for, it would take me forever. <laughs> yeah. There's part of me that would just love to just like, this is my stream deck and it looks just the way I want it, but man, do I not have the time? Oh man. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's, and, and not to mention that I feel like it's, frustrating that the colors don't display right and it's it's mm. not a perfect system but then the other rabbit hole is like i'm trying to look for something that i find attractive or i think works in both looks the way that i want but then also has design consideration and is not like really over the top like it's just someone that took an image and shrunk it as opposed to designing it for a 256 by 256 right. little little screen and and i find that um that is just as frustrating because you're like well that's the best of these all terrible options i guess i'll use that one that's usually what i, what <laughs> I find i i land on 
but but yeah that's it that's it for my nice. nerdy extracurriculars the last week or so I really haven't been up to a whole lot that's cool though I, i'd like to look into that macro stuff as well i'll just say it briefly when you were talking about the afk farms my son had designed a redstone one for me for um uh, an automatic vine farm and basically he had um redstone set up so that the wa water would push me one to the left for example and then when i got to the uh to that end it would trigger and then the water would then disappear and then a new one would just shove me back to the right and so basically i i had my something on my mouse to uh to click multiple times to keep me afk with the with the shears and so i went back and forth and it was just collecting vines as it grew as they grew which is fantastic but what i didn't realize is when you're being pushed back and forth in water you're actually technically walking <laughs> and then when you walk for a long period of time and don't eat you die so oh, yeah <laughs> i i died i think it was either in the middle of your stream or in the middle of cosmic stream or something it just said steven died of hunger or something like that <laughs> starved to death yeah and then so somebody somebody sent me a text message like uh is everything okay and so i was thankfully able to go and make and then go back and like collect all my stuff I, I didn't you know it never occurred to me so i had a bunch of good stuff on me and if i had have died and just stayed there five minutes later i would have lost a bunch of good stuff so so that sounds like it would be handy for the vine farm <laughs> Yeah, I for for the vine farm not to kind of go down a Minecraft rabbit hole, but for the vine farm, were you making them for mossy cobble? Was that like that was the mossy brick, mossy cobble? That was the purpose? um, not at the time. I, on my oh. it was a while ago now. My my large stone stone stair monument that I created, I've got vines pouring down over the edges of the entire oh, thing, and I so see. I was really using it for for decorations and. And and for, yes, and for actually to do mo mossy cobblestone and things like that as well. So just as to sort of pepper the texture around, but also to have a bunch of vines hanging from the edges yeah. and stuff like that. Because the easier way to do all that now is with moss blocks, right? Which are yeah. far easier to to get than than vines. And um, and that's why I created this AFK uh, macro is because I found over the weekend uh, one of my streams that some of the collection for the new the new blocks is a real pain in the butt. Uh, specifically mm. like mangrove trees and stuff so i might try to come up with a farm design for the server that allow me to do that automatically while i'm afk or something um mm. not, not, not you can't like farm it farm it while you're away from the computer but you can at least grow all the trees and maybe move them around into a big block of wood that you can just chop down later right. um but uh, mm. yeah we'll 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 see we'll see how that's how that's gonna go uh anyway moving on uh we can just jump right into the main discussion this week because uh i feel like you are going to have a lot to say knowing that <laughs> that you are a fan <laughs> and yeah, i've been looking forward to, to speaking with you tonight actually because uh knowing how much you like miss marvel and this show has been out now for five weeks on disney plus i have been watching yes. since it launched i think i was a couple days past the premiere uh, I am behind by one episode, so I haven't watched today's yet. I had too much to do today. It won't be too spoilery with episode five talk. I have caught up with uh, with episodes one through four. And um, so for folks that are watching, if you're not all caught, caught up, there may be some small spoilers. I don't think the plot hasn't resolved, so it's not like we can spoil no. the ending because I think there's a couple more episodes yet to come. I think there's just one more, actually. It's, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they got to do some work then. <laughs> one of my slight beefs about it is that it's uh, like it feels like they're trying to tell a bunch of stories a, a bunch of storyline in six episodes and it's got me a little worried 
I'll start off with some general, I guess, feedback, because you're going to know a lot more about the character than I do. And I feel like you can probably clarify some stuff as well. So to start off with some some general feedback, I guess, from me, knowing only a little bit about Miss Marvel as a character uh, and knowing maybe more about Kamala Khan, like her, you know, her regular person you know, character as opposed to her superhero character. Because right. my experience with the character uh, comes from the Avengers video game where you play as her for the first kind of like couple of story missions. Oh, and right. that's all about her getting her powers or pre powers. And then you kind of get, you get thrown into it when she's got her powers, but there's no explanation as to how or like anything of that sort. You're just kind of like thrown into the future by like five years or so. And so you're kind of trying to play catch up. And that's part of the mystery of the game. And as you progress, um, I I think Kamala knows who she is and all that kind of stuff. But you as the as the video game player ex- experiencing the story get tidbits, which, you know, kind of keeps you pressing forward. Um, and mm. you get those tidbits through conversation with Avengers. Like you meet Bruce Banner and then you meet other Avengers and you have to you talk to them and then you you find out more about Kamala as she has these conversations. Um, gotcha. In this, it was very different. Uh, I found that they threw you right into Kamala's home life, her school life, her life with her friends. I really like Kamala and her friends, uh, even if Bruno is a bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Nakia is a great bestie. Like she's spunky. She's modern, but yeah. yet still traditional because like the community that we're following in the first few episodes of the show are all um, Muslim and Pakistani. And they, they do a really good job of kind of like just dropping you into the, into the thick of it and allowing you to learn about the family traditions and culture and stuff as you go. And I thought it was great when you couple that with Kamala being a giant nerd like she's an Avengers fangirl. <laughs> and so you, it's a really interesting perspective because the Avengers are a, a, a team of superheroes that exist. This is all in the world of the Avengers. But instead of following a, another one of the Avengers or another person that has superpowers, you're you're following someone that's a fan, you know, in the same mm-hmm. way that people are fans of movie stars for you and I, she's a fan of the Avengers. Uh, I believe that, Bruno is like a big Tony Stark fan. He's a big, he's a nerd. Like he's, he's really smart. He does a lot of like tech gadgety things. And he's been helping Kamala with her Captain Marvel cosplay by giving her like, I think she has like LEDs or some sort of cool flashy light gloves or something like that for Captain Marvel's, um, yeah, fate photon. I can't remember what she has pulse. She's got lasers that come into her hands. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and there's they're fa- they're fancy flashlight gloves that he makes her, but he does all the wiring himself, and he, yeah. he tinkers around. It's yeah, it's very cool. very cool. Yeah, it's very very cool. Uh, and um, Iman Valeni, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, who plays Kamala Khan, is excellent. Yeah, excellent. She is so much fun, capital fun, which you get a little bit in some Avengers movies, but they get so deep and dark later on with like Endgame and Infinity War and all that stuff that there's not a lot of smiling going on. Uh, there's yeah. jokes, but it's usually the audience that's laughing, not necessarily the characters, right? And and that's where I find that this is 
there's so many bizarre things going on that Kamala just can't help but laugh sometimes. She's also just so smart and awkward that yeah, the things that she kind of smirks at or the one-liners that she throws out are are they're just really they're hard to remember because they're usually the kind of thing that she says right before they cut you know like she kind of mumbles something to her mom or she gives her brother a hard time or she says something to like the fancy new character that she just met randomly on the street because her life is just so wild when this adventure starts and she'll (laughs) see something like yeah sure why not follow the guy in the hood that sounds like a good idea like just (laughs) stuff like that i find i find is really 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 fun and it really helps nail the character I, I feel like that really, really helps nail the character for her. So in terms yeah. of like your experience with Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel, like for from that aspect, from the feeling aspect of Kamala Khan, do you find that they did a, a solid job representing the comics? Um, I th- Overall, yes. And, and it may be just sort of um, a benefit of having a live action version of the story as opposed to in the comics. But I find, like I find Imani Vellani's Kamala has a lot of heart and and not that the comic book version didn't but it's just it didn't necessarily come across come across right away like this you get the sense that she's really excited in the show and then she just doesn't necessarily know how to deal with it right away but at the same time she's just riding this high there's all these little nuances with um the tv version which i i really like um no i, I think she's nailing it it's it, they didn't there are a lot of things that kind of missed the mark, but I think she captured, like she, she's got putting her own spin on it. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. I think she's got a lot of heart and I think it's good, very endearing character. And I think one of the things that I do like about um, her as a character, you're talking about compared to other Avenger stories is like we get to her tale is more about her, it seems. And then she's doing superhero stuff, but it's, it's more Kamala. Whereas, some of the other Avenger stuff, it's like as soon as they get into the superpowers, they take o- like that superpower thing takes over the storyline, which I guess, you know, you sort of expect since they're superhero stories. But I feel like we're getting more behind the scenes life of Kamala than just being thrown into all superhero stuff right away, which I enjoy. I drew a parallel to Spider-Man and that kind of like combination of balancing life as a teenager and having superpowers or super abilities Mm -hmm. and i guess the difference is that like for kamala she's just like she knows what a superhero is yeah so she's she's already got the molds like she's got a favorite superhero and rather than just kind of like doing the right thing like the whole responsibility thing with spider-man uh and trying to be her own superhero she's busy already mimicking and trying to figure out like a cool superhero entrance (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, like just the kind of stuff that fans think is important and so they try to like because there's a lot of conversations in the first few few episodes which i'm sure parents can identify with i'm you know and i'll throw this to you in a minute in terms of like the likes you know someone says that um i can't remember what they call her something light miss light or captain light or something oh yeah they the 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 population in her neighborhood give her a name when she starts using her powers with a mask on and it's not miss marvel but one of the things that is said is like oh 
she's something light is trending and of course Kamala lights up like that's really important to her and it's just like not that she saved someone's life it's that she's trending <laughs> you know even yeah. though no one knows it's her right uh and I thought that that was just a really interesting snapshot about like 2022 culture for 16 year olds and uh I thought that was was interesting and uh, I'm curious, like as a parent, when they start talking about all the pressures of social media and like the popular kid in school, I don't remember the girl's name, but she's like a social media influencer. And yeah, she's, Zoe. Like, yeah. she's like 16 or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zoe. Um, I guess it'd be a little bit different for me since my guys are homeschooled. So we don't, they're not really, f they don't really face the same sort of pressures as normal kids would and having to have the coolest shoes and the latest this, the latest that. I mean, they do like their their electronic gadgets and things like that but they're they're not really on social media at all they're they're huge fans of discord but that's just to chat with friends and stuff so yeah it's more of a communication tool than it is a popularity contest exactly they're just because mm. none of their friends or they, they don't keep up with their friends via social media and stuff like that they're just not interested i've even mentioned it a couple times just because I wanted, as a parent, I wanted to talk to them about the different kinds of it. Just, you know, if, sure. if you were interested in this, we wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with you. And they're like, oh, I have no, I, no desire to do Twitter. Oh, no, no, idea, no desire to do Instagram. So they're just, they're just not on anything. So, so yeah, I guess from a, a my family perspective, I don't really see the parallels, but I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I've seen, I heard people, I've even heard people our age say, well, like I posted that photo and I only got 18 likes on it i feel like i should take it down like really it's like mm. yeah mm -hmm. you know if it's if it's not getting the likes or the attention that you had hoped it would it's just should i keep it up you know do, do you want do you want to share all the things you're excited about or do you want to keep up keep the only the things that have you know 200 likes or more up on your page like which, which i find interesting as well just the fact that it's not just kids it's an adult thing these days oh but I, yeah i, I, I could I totally see what you mean. I guess I'm just saying it doesn't doesn't necessarily relate to my family directly. I mean, even as an adult, for me, like I, I don't worry about necessarily likes or engagement. Um, and as someone that makes their living online, like I should probably be using social media in a different <laughs> way. But I don't use it as a platform to communicate with people. I use it as a platform to broadcast. Right? Like, yeah. I have this event, this podcast is out, this live stream is happening. I'm going to be here at this time. Hope to see you then. And then I'll engage with people live in Twitch chat or, right. you know, if they send email into the podcast or, and even if they don't want it right on air, like even if it's just an email behind the scenes, I absolutely reply to it. Um, for, for this show, for the sponge chunks, we can't, there's just far too many. Um, mm. But, and they're not like addressed to Johnny or I personally, they're meant, they're meant to be, podcast conversation starters so the idea right. is to try to read them on the show right they're not meant to be replied to individually um but as far as like something like my instagram account like i i've noticed over the course of the few years that i stopped trying to make posts for everything and now i post fun stuff like pancakes on saturday and <laughs> podcast I, I was gonna say pancakes right pancakes on yeah. saturdays and podcast releases and that's my entire feed minus the odd hike or the odd thing that's like really cool and important like a holiday christmas or something 
But everything else, I post pictures all the time, but it's all in stories. They all fade away mm-hmm. after 24 hours because most most of it's the same stuff over and over again. I'm just sharing what I'm eating for dinner because I find it fun. I eat alone. I put a lot of time into the into the dinners that I have. So it's nice to take a photo of it and share it with some friends. I've exchanged recipes over Instagram with people who are just like, oh my gosh, like how did you do that chicken? Or how did you, you know, like what's, what's in your burger? Like I want to know so I can try to make it at home. And that kind of stuff is fun. But a lot of the time I'm just using it as a one-way tool because I've seen what happens when I first started using social media. It's a giant time sink and I don't feel I get out of it what the time sink requires. So unless your job is to be on social media, like you're a media manager or you're in news or whatever and you have to be on social media all the time, I don't think what you get out of it is going to be what you need to put into it for it to be successful in any other kind of vocation. Um, I, I don't find the conversations I see on Twitter, for example, to be all that constructive. You know, yeah. I use it to get news. If anything big is happening, I'll find out about it. But I generally don't browse Twitter. I kind of wait for someone or something to tell me, you know, from other social media lines that, you know, um, that they're coming in. But But I feel like too that, I'm not above wasting time on social media either. Like I don't want to get on a high horse here because like I will absolutely turn on TikTok when I'm not supposed to at night and like be on TikTok for an hour and I'm watching like (laughs) cooking videos and dog videos. Like it's not, I'm not learning anything. I'm not, you know, moving any kind of social needle forward. But I think there are some places where that kind of brain dump is almost, I don't want to say healthy, but sometimes after a long day, you just kind of need to not think. Like, I don't even want to engage in an hour long story on Netflix. Like, I just, I kind of want bite size. I can turn it off at any minute. Now, ironically, I'm there longer than I would be for 45 minutes on Netflix. But right. it's not, I think the difference is that it's not asking anything of you most of the time. Mm-hmm. And and I find that kind of interesting from a behavior standpoint. But well, sometimes I find that the the shorter things on like the Instagram videos and the things on TikTok, I, I like the fact that they are shorter because there's there's no there's no commitment, there's no no time commitment. Even though you do, like you said, end up spending an hour kind of falling down the rabbit hole or whatever you call it on TikTok, it's just. And I, I actually don't like the fact that they added longer videos to TikTok. I actually skip by more of those than the shorter ones because I just I just want to be entertained and like little little bite-sized things on tiktok so when then it's like they, they upped it to one when they upped it to three minutes i find it loses my attention span quickly so i know i can see what you mean like i, I don't want to sit down and have the the mental commitment to a 45 minute show but if you give me 45 one minute things that just make me chuckle and not have to think too hard before bed then yeah i'll take it yeah and i think too that the three minute note is an interesting thing to bring up because the people that use the full three minutes do not always need it. No. And so you you spend the first 30 seconds waiting for something to happen. Like the yeah. all it, all it did for a lot of that content is just not require people to be so concise, you know? And I, and I feel like the one minute punchy videos when someone has something to say and they are, they're going to do it in a minute. I feel like that's better content because there's no fluff, right? Exactly. They, they tend to, um, tend to move on and i'm the same way and I, i've gotten actually pretty good at spotting like like really fluff content that i'm not interested in and i can i can swipe past it before it even starts to get going especially if it's mm. just like oh this is just that song again i don't care 
<laughs> like, I don't care about this little 10 second thing that's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Um, but anyway, to get back to Miss Marvel, the, the use of social media and in particular, the use of texting communication, because yes. the way that Kamala talks to Bruno and talks to her friends is through texting. They don't call one another because most kids that age don't, they text. And that becomes a challenge when you're watching a television show and you have to know what these people have said to each other. If they're not in the same room and they're not talking on the phone so you can hear the conversation, you have to be able to read it. And what mm -hmm. I find so wonderful and so artistic and fun in, in a nod to the comics is that they display the text messages in every way they possibly can. They use the background, they use a window, they use a computer screen, they use... Uh, a neon sign. They yep. uh, will change the speech balloon on a graffiti wall to animate and have, you know, Bruno's text to Kamala. She's walking by underneath it on her phone, but then the message from Bruno shows up in like giant billboard letters for you, the viewer behind her. And I think it's just brilliant and colorful and, and it, it's been it, a joy to watch. Yeah. It's been the ex the best execution of that I've ever seen. It's I find when TV shows, I, I get it because you almost need to address it in TV shows these days that have like young adults or even kids because it's part of the conversation that's going on, but it's, it's always the same thing. You just, you literally have the speech bubbles show up and then make the sound like whoop, 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 and it just goes up the side of the screen and it looks almost identical or they try to make it as identical as possible to an actual chat conversation overlaid on top of the TV show. And sometimes that pulls me out of it. And so we, <laughs> our family, when we were watching it so many times, were, it was not uncommon for us to go, oh, oh, go back, go back. It's, it's in the LED or it's in the LED lights. Oh, that's in the neon lights. Oh, it's, it's part of the street paint on the ground or, or the first one where it's, she has a little spinning nightlight in her room that has shined stars on the wall. The letters appeared in the stars on her ceiling. And it was just like, man, they are just knocking this one out of the park. It is so clever. And as you said, just brilliant. It, it's, it incorporates it in such a way that it makes you look forward to the chat conversations. It's not just this, this second thought overlay. Even there's one time, uh, one or two times where they made it, they were sort of doing the traditional bubbles, but it started off with a, Kamala has a drawing of a, a woman on her wall. And so, and, the, and then the drawing blew a, like a, a bubblegum bubble and then it went and popped. And then out of that, the speech bubble start the, the chat, conversation started to happen or another time it was on a, a plane window when she was traveling. So I, I think they just, I think they nailed that. I've, I've not seen anything that good yet. Agreed. And they do it with like places as well, like locations. Mm -hmm. I think that, and that's really smart. And I feel like the show in general is just really col colorful. And I, and I think that's uh, in really a great deal uh, due to a lot of the Pakistani culture that they have going on in the show there's i think it's like a street festival or a holiday i i, I apologize i don't remember how like it was in one yeah, of the I first couple well. of episodes because it's been a couple of weeks now but uh as someone that has the govi tv lights behind my tv that change the color of the wall behind me to whatever's on the screen this watching this show has been just a, a series of primary colors right it's orange mm -hmm. it's yellow it's bright red it's bright blue uh, she goes to Avenger Con, which th 
didn't really feel like much of a con. It felt like kind of a garage party with low budget. <laughs> uh, didn't I've been to conventions, even small ones, and they're they're a lot fancier than that. Um, but yeah, and for and for the first ever adventure con, it was kind of eh. yeah, it was a little it was a little on the on the low budget side. But they 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 did nail how colorful it should be. And it's the kind of thing where, like, you've got a bunch of teenagers that are making, you know, superhero costumes. And, I mean, aside from some of the later films, like, the Avengers costumes are pretty bright. Like, Thor's got a red cape. Uh, Captain America was bright blue. Thor's uh, uh, Hulk is green. Like, there's a lot of that. And they've kept that throughout the entire show, even on mm-hmm. some of the more recent episodes. Like, and whenever she uses her powers, there's a lot of light and crystal and blue and purple and very bright kind of flashes and stuff. And that of course lights up my living room as well when I'm watching with the Govi lights on. And so I, I find the whole thing really, really bright and fun. And that goes with like the disp- disposition of the characters. It goes with the co- actual physical colors that they're putting on screen and i also feel like it goes with the story in general overall i want to say is bright and fun in terms of kamala's arc but also just the the delivery right mm-hmm. like she's just so genuinely excited to have superpowers and the character isn't afraid to be like giddy yeah. even in dire <laughs> situations it's like you know she just does something dramatic and potentially saves someone from falling off a building or something like that and her next reaction isn't like are you okay it's like that was awesome you know yeah. like she's <laughs> she's just as amazed that she just did it as as the other person is for not being a pancake on the street below you know and i, <laughs> and I, I just like that sort of I don't want to, it's not selfishness. It's, and it's not being self-centered because she's obviously saving people, but that inward focus of like, like doing something so cool. Awesome. Yeah. This is so awesome. Doing something cool. And the next question is to Bruno, did I look cool doing it? Right. <laughs> like was, yeah. is the next, is the very next concern after the immediate, like normal morals of life and death. Is everybody okay? <laughs> Good. Did that look cool though? <laughs> like just, yeah. it's so funny how concerned they are with self image, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, the pacing is also pretty good. And, and I feel like they go from, you know, kind of set up to like, she's actually got powers. I think that's even in the first episode. It might be the very end, but it's, it gives you a nice climax and it makes you immediately want to watch the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought that that was good. They didn't, they don't wait three episodes to give her powers. Do you know what I mean? No. Like that's not the huge backstory. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. I, it's uh, overall, I think I mentioned it earlier on the, the, the pacing for me, I feel like, or maybe you and I chat about it a chatted a bit about before we started but i feel like the pacing for me could have been like this being only a six episode show i wish they had done eight you know get Mm. the power in the first episode to keep everyone excited but then i guess being somebody who knows the comics as well not an expert but being a, a pretty big fan of the comics it feels like they tried to make things go too quickly by comparison in the tv show and i wish they had to just 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 taking the time with certain things right um but yeah the pacing has been pretty decent just not not as not as good as the comics i guess i'd say for me one of the things that i know is different because of my experience with the avengers video game is that kamala's powers in the video game i believe are similar to the comic in that she's basically like a giant gumby 
Like she can kind of stretch her arms out, make her fists really big. She gets come yes. some super strength from it. So like if she pounds somebody in the face with a giant like fist, it's like the fist the size of a car door sort of idea. And then after she's when she pulls her hand back in, it becomes normal Kamala hand. And yeah. like that was I don't know if that was explained in the video game. I feel like there's some sort of explosion and then there's not mutants, but there's like um that what are they called in the comics? She's an inhuman in the comics. Inhuman, thank you. In inhuman. So the inhuman is what she is in the video game as well. And and so she's got a mutation and that's her power. Now in the show, she uses light and it's shaped like her fists, but she she never like changes her shape. Like she just remains the same and she right. can make this kind of crystal light thing come out of her. And it does the same thing. Like it creates a fist or it creates a platform or it, you know, it, it lashes out and smacks a bad guy, but it's very different than, than the comics. And so I'm curious about what your experience has been with, with that difference as well as the other differences from the comics. Originally when I saw the trailer and they were doing the, um, the, uh, the larger fist with the, uh, through the light show or, or basically the way it is in the TV show with having it being crystal shooting out of her arm and stuff. I thought, okay, maybe this will be an interesting way because I was worried that, you know, I still have this worry that when fantastic four happens, Mr. Fantastic's going to look weird being all stretchy and things like that. Like it just may look too cartoony for, you know, what I might enjoy. And so I thought, Oh, this might be a clever way for them to get around it. But personally, like, Okay, let's just say this. The show is enjoyable and it's easy to suddenly go, okay, but here's the list of things that got wrong. So I want to say first off that I am enjoying the show, but being a fan of the comics, there are things that I wish they had of done. And so in the comic, she gets um, like within the first handful of pages, she there's a Terrigen gas sort of explosion, which is the same. The Terrigen gas is the same thing or Terrigen crystals and the gas are the same things that basically they cause humans to die if they come into contact with it and they cause inhumans powers to manifest and an inhuman is uh, basically thousands and thousands of years ago the Kree came to earth and they basically genetically altered human dna and combined it with Kree dna so that um, when the terrigen gas was released it would trigger all of these inhuman or extra human powers. And so they basically the Kree was setting up earth. And from what I understand other places to be like uh, sleeper agents or sle sleeper soldiers. So when it came to wartime, they could just release the Terrigen gas, have all of these soldiers ready at their disposal. And then they would have a force on a different planet ready to go. The powers that she has, I'm realizing I'm jumping around a little bit. So her as an inhuman in the comic, she, her abilities right off the bat, it's she, because you said she's a huge fan of the Avengers and she's got a, you know, loves Captain Marvel. And so she, she was even saying, you know, I wish I had superpowers. And then if I had superpowers, I'd want to be Captain Marvel or I'd want to be Ms. Marvel, you know, and not, not the new one with the cool haircut. I want to be like the blonde one wearing the, skin tight this and that with the high boots that's the one i'd want to be and so what first happened is she she was actually able to physically change her entire look like she became traditional ms marvel for the first little bit and that's that's when she saved zoe in the comic book so she was actually looking she was like a blonde she was literally looked like the original 
or close to the original Ms. Marvel. And so... Wait a minute, I thought Miss Marvel was her nickname. You're talking about the original Captain Marvel? Yes, she Captain Marvel used to be Ms. Marvel. And so then as as the the storylines and it was Carol Danvers. She was Ms. Marvel originally and then later became Captain Marvel. And so she, when she wanted to be the original Ms. Marvel, she was thinking back to the way that Carol Danvers was originally portrayed and like and so that's how she sort of showed up at first and she was did she didn't enjoy that as much as she thought she would. <laughs> <laughs> she felt very unclothed but then she found out that she like you said she can make her fists larger she can when she needs to run away she can stretch her legs really long and run quickly and then just kind of sprawling from one spot to another using her her stretching ability and she kind of has ant-man like qualities where she can make her entire body huge if she needs to and she can shrink down to a size where she'd be like a rodent size and just sneak in under a door and stuff like that so it's I'm I'm curious to see what the TV show will do if they're even going to try to capture that at all because I feel like the stretchy body big fists and stuff could look too cartoony but I feel like she's actually missing some real physical abilities by being limited or just tied specifically to the bracelet which so far that that bangle she's wearing it seems to be she's got to have that on which seems again seems odd from what I've learned so far in the show, the bangle is the creation of beings from another dimension. And it is somehow tied to the energy source from that dimension. I keep on saying it, but they say it so quickly <laughs> that I don't necessarily yeah. remember what it's called. But it's like a one syllable. For the lack of a better term, it's like chi. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that yeah. kind of a, it's like the energy that's everywhere. It's like the force. And because of her heritage that we find out in the third episode, it's revealed in the first three episodes that Kamala in this version of Miss Marvel is a djinn. Yes. Or as Western culture, culture would call it a genie or half genie. It turns out her great, great grandmother was from a different dimension. Uh, and but didn't didn't go back home, stayed here, had a family. And then, of course, now there's, you know, half genies <laughs> running around on Earth. Yeah. And and because of her heritage, because she's got that blood in her, for the lack of a better way to explain it, when she puts on the bangle that her grandmother sends her in the mail, it kind of like expands and reveals itself to be like a piece of technology. And when she has it on. I want to say that she can, can control the light, but I want to say it's also kind of like tied to her instincts. Cause like yeah. if she falls off of something, she's not good enough as a superhero to like extend her arm and create a platform for her to land on. What she does is cover her head. Like, Oh shit, <laughs> I'm going to fall and this is going to suck. And then she opens up her eyes and realizes that she's fallen four inches because the bangle has put a big, big platform of light underneath her to save her. And, right. and I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff, it has like, again, kind of like Spider-Man spider sense, like it kind of has some instinct in there as well. And so she's doing some of this stuff, I think, without really thinking about it, including some of the more recent fight scenes, especially in episode four, which I won't get into just now, but there's a lot of stuff that happens where to what I said earlier, she'll do something like a spinning somersault kick, which Kamala Khan, the person can't do no. <laughs> right? and knows she can't do it. So when she thinks, oh, it'd be really cool to do the super somersault kick and she does it, 
she doesn't necessarily give that to you, the audience, but you kind of get this feeling that after she does it, she kind of goes, huh, <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> like she, she wasn't expecting to be able to do it. And, and I like that a lot. It's, it's, it's like the bangle and her powers are surprising her whenever she gets into deeper and deeper trouble. Mm-hmm. It kind of rises to give her, I don't necessarily say when I say more abilities because it's the same kind of abilities, but it's like going from someone that's, you know, doing a, a one-on-one fist fight on the street to doing like Kung Fu or having real combat training and right. what those two fights look like. And she's starting to look like she's got years of superhero experience when she doesn't, she's got weeks or days. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the powers kind of coming in. I know what you mean about the ability stuff though, because I thought at first when I played the video game like you, I was like, this is going to get really cartoony and really kind of boring after a while. But in the video game, what keeps you going is her smart ass remarks. And, and the fact that even though she's just stretchy to quote unquote, the fact that she does so many different things, like, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the moves in the video game is that you can extend your arms, make your hands really big and clap your hands. And it's like a sonic attack. It's like when Superman claps his hands and like, there's this big sonic boom that like cracks walls and stuff. And if a bad robot gets in your way, man, like you rip them to pieces and it feels good. Like you don't feel like you're swinging spaghetti noodles you feel like it's a combination of like Mr. Fantastic and the Hulk. It's a, it's a very visceral next time you're over and we're, you know, we have time. I should load it up and let you play around with yeah, that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And so like, I feel like the show is kind of like capturing a bit of that, but I know what you mean about like, she's like, she's not going to be able to get through like were you describing her shrinking or getting larger. I, I can't see them doing that. I don't want to see a giant crystal Kamala, you know, stomping down the street. Uh, no. Yeah. They they did something in episode four where she was focusing or honestly, because the script kind of said so, she was just kind of like using her powers. I think maybe using her powers in a place where there wasn't any threat. She was just kind of playing around and she made herself like a top, like a, like a t-shirt out of, out of the, the light, almost like a force field. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think that's the first time I've seen her do that up until that point, it's always been like fists or bracelets or boots, but not nothing that actually covers her. And so I thought like maybe at some point, and don't tell me if it happens in episode five, but like maybe at some point her costume, like the actual superhero costume is not going to necessarily be material, but maybe it'll be made of light, which would make it very easy to put on and take off. Right? Like if you need to become miss marvel in a heartbeat but you're also a 16 year old that has to go to school like if you get to run down an alley and change if your yeah. bracelet just kind of like zoop, zaps you into uniform like that would be really cool i'd be Super on board convenient. for that <laughs> yeah and, and and it's convenient for the story it's convenient for the show but it's also cool like it's not a gimmick it's like no okay well that makes sense her powers come from the bracelet and if she doesn't have super strength and she's still vulnerable then the fact that her suit is made of this invulnerable light that we see all the time would make sense that means that she can't get shot she can't get stabbed if Mm -hmm. she gets punched around as a teenager you know with no training it's not going to be she's not going to end up being hurt like she's going to be able to keep on going because she's fighting grown men that are our age that are made of muscle and whipping chains and blades around (laughs) like there's just there's a lot going on that you would think that this kid can't handle um but they 
they somehow managed to combine goofing around and getting through it by the skin of her teeth with intentionally outsmarting the bad guys at the same time. You know, like they, yeah. she tends to like be able to like pull something over or double back on them, or she just does something that's unexpected because I, th- I think again, like they're trying, they're trained to fight somebody else that's trained to fight. And she's just like, no, I'm trained to run. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm out of here. See ya. Like I'm here to grab my friends and beat it. And, and I, I think that's, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic because you, up until this point, I haven't really felt like she's stood her ground that much to be like puff her chest out kind of hero moment. I feel like yeah. so much of it is like panic mode and it's not in a bad way because it feels more realistic because she's, again, she's a 16 year old kid. Um, as far as the fourth episode, this is the only one that I haven't liked very much. And I'm surprised because it was probably the one that had the most action in it. Hmm. And so for context, she goes to Pakistan with her mom to visit her Mm -hmm. grandmother because her grandmother and her have shared a vision. Her grandmother's the one that gave her the bangle. So she's trying to get to the bottom of what the hell is going on. Yeah. And she's followed by these four other jinn that have turned on her and want to kill her and take the bangle. And everything in this episode just feels like it happens because the script says so. Did you find that that, that the pacing really shifted? Like, is that's what you mean by you wanted more than six episodes? Um, the pace. Uh, so I enjoyed episode for me. I had issues with episode one and two, but in, I, I enjoyed three and four more. Right. But I, I, I find that four was a bit all over the place and i mm, I, mm-hmm. I see what you mean though I, I sometimes i forget or i can't think of the right way to say it but when you when you say like the, because the script said so and that's just kind of that makes a lot of sense when you say it that way because for example uh goes out on a tour with her cousins and yeah. they're talking about like the hick history of the area and then you know she's trying to find the train station because she's had a vision of a train. So she's going to go look at this train station and there's a historic part of the train station and she's looking at a mural and it's a mural of Ant-Man, which probably has some sort of comic reference, but I didn't get it. Um, but the portion of that particular area is being um, renovated historical restoration. And while she's there, a knife flies by her head and hits the wall beside her. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. She wasn't looking. And then in, in this ensuing fight, this person, this red dagger character with a red mask over his face, who is obviously another teenage boy, like for no other reason than, you know, they want to have another attractive teenage boy for her to drool over in the show. Um, it Like, how did he miss the first time? Because yeah. every other knife throw, he shoots at her. He's aiming at her eyeball. And the only reason it's not stuck in her head is because she uses the light to block it. And these are six inch long throwing knives. And 30 seconds later, the cops show up and all of a sudden they're buddies and they walk off arm in arm. <laughs> and like, it, it makes no sense. He brings her to the red dagger hideout, <laughs> like, which is beautiful and cool. And probably has a lot of cultural significance, but I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like you're telling me that 
a 16 year old teenage girl is attacked by a knife thrower and then follows him home. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, re it really, really rubbed me the wrong way. It, and, and then like, even in the rest of the episode, it's like, okay, fine, whatever. They're friends. I get it. All right. It's somebody that's part of the culture and knows about her powers and history. That's going to fill her in so she can learn more about who she is. Fine. Then she goes to a campfire with the dude and has like this little crush on him the whole time, which we just saw <laughs> in episode two when she meets the the son of one of these jinn that are trying to kill her. Oh, come uh, on. Yeah. And that turns out poorly. And, you know, like he seems nice. She's got a huge crush on him. It causes a rift between her and Bruno on for Bruno's part anyway. And and then it turns out that his mom is an evil, sadistic bitch that wants to kill her. <laughs> it's just like she'd yeah. learned nothing in the last 48 hours. And I just, I find that whole thing hard to swallow. But that's the first time the series have done that. Normally, this kind of thing, if a series is going to do it, they do it every episode. Like, it's just it seems to be that kind of a thing. So, again, like you overall, I, I like it. I'm really enjoying my time with it, but there are some things I'm just like, really, you couldn't come up with a better way to spend my time than this. Like it just, yeah. it feels really, really. And other thing, um, I didn't catch the guy's name. He's there. I don't know if it's a mirror, but he's, he's the red daggers. I don't know. Mentor. He seems really cool and he seems oh, really right. skilled and the four Jin come in and he takes them all on and he doesn't kill them, but he certainly dismantles them and is able to escape with Kamala. And I'm trying to remember this kid's name, the red dagger. Red dagger um, yeah. And, and they're all having these knife fights. Like no one's brought a gun. Everybody's got like a traditional kind of like martial arts knife, a version yeah. of something, right? The different Jin are able to sort of, materialize or manifest their own specific weapon it just kind of appears out of nowhere it's like a nightstick with a dagger on it or it's a whip with a knife on it or it's a sword or, or a mace one guy has like a big club like it's just like mm -hmm. just like a mace anyway everybody in a knife fight in this episode turns their back on their opponent <laughs> like dramatically it's like oh, i'm gonna look over here now and it usually means they die and i'm just like but you're you're in a knife fight. Like, keep your eye on the other person with the pointy thing aimed at you. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, it just doesn't make any sense. So stuff yeah. like that I thought was really strange. Now, on the flip side, I thought the car chase through Pakistan was fun. Like, I thought that was... Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, the, not, the low, not, not that it was a low-budget car chase, but it was just the cars were very... Like, they're little scooters and, and like narrow grocery. streets. Yeah, yeah like... Just little, little carts and things like that. So it was, it was kind of funny in that sense. You get the sense that a lot of the vehicles in that area are like from the 40s and 50s. Like they've yeah. just been maintained and they work because there's no new cars coming in that area. And and they have to like just and everything's got stuff like attached to it. So like it's a flatbed truck, but then it's got extra fences and extra layers. And it like because it's meant to hold more than it probably should. So when it goes yeah. around a corner too fast, like all the stuff topples out the back of it. Like it's very dramatic and stuff is exploding and flying everywhere. And like, I thought it was really fun. Plus there's a lot of screaming from the three people involved, like go faster. It doesn't go any faster. Have you seen this <laughs> thing? Like stuff like that. And that was fun. Like I, I got a, I got a kick out of that. Uh, yeah. Cause that I think suits the tone of the show. Like the, the chase scene where 
Kamala uses her powers to save a family of four on a motorbike. <laughs> Why are four right. people on one motorbike? We don't know, but <laughs> but but she uses her powers to save them. And like that's the kind of stuff you generally see in the show. You don't necessarily see a lot of stabbing and dying. And even then, like this guy that's the mentor, like he's dead on the street, or at least we're supposed to believe that. And Kamala and the Red Dagger turn around and Kamala wants to help him. And the Red Dagger just kind of goes, no, he's, it's too late for him. We must go. And he's just like, he's absolutely yeah. emotionless. And he's kind of like, like, this guy obviously didn't mean a whole lot. Not to mention that when they cut to the body on the ground, the actor's breathing. Like they didn't, he didn't hold oh, his was breath. was he? I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, his belly's moving. <laughs> nice. Just, it's weird when you, like, I hate it when I catch stuff like that. But it's just like, nah, all right, he, fine. He's not, he's not dead yet. Well, maybe. Well, and that's the other thing, too, yeah. is like they, he gets stabbed once in the shoulder and falls over dead. And you're just like, mm, I don't know about that. Like you're talking yeah. about a guy that just took on four gin and, and survived. And this one really mean um, Najma, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she's I, I don't want to say she's awful. I mean, the character is an awful person. Like she, she makes my skin crawl. So tip of my hat to, to Nimra uh, Bucha. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah, um, so. She is like, I hate her character <laughs> in, in like, in cause I'm supposed to, but like, I just want to smack her whenever she's on screen. It's just, she's mm -hmm. just makes my skin crawl. I think it's one of those things as well, because it seemed like she was somebody that was going to help Kamala at the beginning and then betrays her as well. I think she did a good, Characters that do that, for me anyway, make me hate them even more. It's like, okay, this is actually somebody who might be helping our main character out. I'm like, nope. Mm -hmm. They do a good job of um, like lulling you mm -hmm. to a point of comfort in the same way that Kamala is. And then they rip the rug out from underneath you. And you get at first you think oh jin cool and you go oh no jin not cool because apparently they're all just mindless soulless like they just they just follow this woman's instructions without even a thought like they're all just like soldiers um so it kind of took some of the imagination out of it but uh something that the guy said the mentor guy said to kamala was like something about her dna or something about her human part of her is allowing her to access and channel this energy from another dimension. And that's the power yeah. that she has. Because the whole plot is that the bangle is a key to the to opening up a door to the other dimension. That these four djinn that are trying to kill her want to use it to open the door. But they don't want to go home. They want to bring the energy to Earth or our dimension so they can destroy it and take over another dimension, essentially, is what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, I that's one of the things I wish they had spent more time on because that that mentor guy and the whole Red Dagger Society or whatever they want you want to call them, they were in it for like a blink, and then the mentor's gone. There's amazing technology in this beautiful room that's mm -hmm. hidden inside this sort of rundown city, and it's just like wow, this looks really cool, and like now Kamala's, I mean I I. It doesn't happen in episode five, so I'm not sure what's going to happen in episode six. But I, you know, presuming she goes back to Jersey because that's where the majority of the the comic book takes takes place. So you know, this little tiny blip, and basically, I'm assuming now that the place was trashed, that this technology no longer exists, that she'll probably never go back. But it feels like that would have been really a really essential place for her sort of self growth and learning. 
and they barely touch on it. And it's like, oh, okay, that's gone now. It's teenagers only. Got to get rid of the adults. Yeah, no, it just well, even the Red Dagger Society is like it seems. It seems like they should have called them the Convenient Red Dagger Society <laughs> because like <laughs> they're they're just there to add some story bits to to the backstory, and then they're just like it's not really useful. And no, and and the fact that again, like conveniently the red dagger is 17 or 18 like he's the same age as kamala well in the comic book he's just it's just him there's no society from what i i was trying to go back through the comics and just kind of brush up and i didn't i wasn't able to find that part but he's like when she goes to pakistan it's he he's basically try, he's like a, a a daredevil type character where he's a, he's a vigilante he's trying he knows that there are superheroes out there but pakistan doesn't have a superhero so he's trying to be right pakistan superhero just which is cool. trying to do the right thing which is really cool but it's not like so the whole red dagger society again i don't that's not what it's called but it just seems like it's it's just weird and, and you're you're right again where it's there for convenience to give backstory yeah because now it's doesn't now it almost doesn't exist anymore that the uh that the main hall was trashed and it's just just the 17 year old so i don't know I'm hoping for more with the grandmother because I really like their relationship and I feel like they've got more to reveal there. And I'm left at a cliffhanger at the end of episode four where I believe Kamala is having a flashback and it looks like she's back in like 1941 during yeah. the partition uh, event or peak of the event, um, at least for her family where people are separated then they have to take a train to Pakistan. And I'm curious about that if they're going to slow down that information a bit in episode five um but overall i'm still really enjoying it like i don't want to yeah. fall into the, the the rabbit hole that um, that we can sometimes about nitpicking on on stuff because ultimately when it comes down to it i'm we're not the target audience like it's 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 basically a yeah. really strong show for young female superhero fans like i i love so much about it in terms of like strong female characters funny female characters uh i want to say even like in terms of like body type representation cultural representation uh it's all it's all there and they do it in a way where even some of the muslim traditions are poked fun at by muslims which yeah makes it okay to laugh at right because it's just the same as you know you and i making fun of you know different traditions that we were brought up with and i i find it really accessible and and i think i'll steal your your comment from earlier is that it has the show has a lot of heart and yeah. that's my big takeaway from it is that it has a lot of heart and despite some of the we'll call them cheaper script tricks that they do to move <laughs> things along uh overall i think it's it's a win for me and and the fact that it's so bright and colorful and funny, it's a nice change from like, you know, um, Doctor Strange or Endgame. And I mean, Endgame was epic, but like, it's not a happy film, <laughs> no. you know, you know, uh, there's, there's some good moments, but a lot of it is pretty hard. And, and I think that Marvel needed some lightheartedness, a high stakes, lighthearted show. And I think that's basically yeah. what they've done. I think that's basically what they've done. I think overall, I I am enjoying it. I, to be honest, it pains me to say this a little bit. I I wish I liked it more, but I'm coming from a fan of the comic book perspective, and it feels like they're they're missing some really, just some key things that I feel like would have make make it a lot better. Oh, one thing I do want 
to say is like she's an in i'll just you know go back to the fact that she is an inhuman in the comics and so i was disappointed that she was a gin in this because i thought the whole inhuman storyline that you know it was in shield there was the inhuman tv show they brought back um what's his name black bolt in doctor strange so they actually addressed the inhumans in that so i thought so i thought okay cool so then maybe ms marvel will touch on that as well and then when they were the she um found out that she was Jin. i thought that's kind of disappointing but also cool because it ties more to her culture but then when i was re-watching it like bits and pieces of it before this recording um when they do the one of the flashbacks and her great-grandmother aisha finds the bangle um in the ruins and they take it off of a severed arm they say um i realized the second time watching it that arm was blue which is the color of Cree. so i'm like oh interesting maybe there is some sort of relationship between the jinn and the Cree that just seem to be separated from like via another dimension maybe there's some, something to do with that and then i'm not going to spoil it for you but there's something that happens in episode five as well near the end that made me go oh okay maybe there is again a tie between the jinn and the inhumans although so i'm i'm curious to see how it goes um but i'm also i want to see what happens whenever they find the second bangle because there was that flashback originally when they show aisha finding the first one they said there's supposed to be another one but the british already raided this place so we won't be able to find it so i'm wondering if at some point kamala will get both and that maybe that will step things up for her like she'll level up in a way that maybe better aligns with the comic books. I'm not sure, but I'm curious to see how it'll play out. I noticed the blue arm that you mentioned, but because I didn't watch all of the the Angels of Shield show or the Inhumans, I didn't make the Kree connection. Mm-hmm. I remember the Kree from um, from Guardians of the Galaxy, but I didn't make that connection. I am, however, making the connection that traditionally in media, Jin are blue. Yeah. I mean, take the genie from Aladdin, right? Exactly, like just, yeah. Just that kind of stuff. <laughs> my, my wife made the same comment earlier. That's the most famous one. But there's others as well throughout, you know, cartoons and media. And they usually have some sort of blue smoke or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's that's an interesting idea. I I didn't I didn't remember the Inhuman connection. So I wasn't as disappointed with the gin. I just, like you, thought, well, that's a cool way to tie it in. Like, make her a superpower, you know, yeah tied to the culture with well for i the the only issue that i had with it at first is that i usually think of magic when i think of gin but right in this particular situation they're using technology that's so advanced that it would appear as magic to anybody that would have seen like a a a gin in in real life thus the legends you know in the fantasy stories and the children's books and all that yeah stuff and I'm, i'm curious to see what kamala can do without the bangle because um when when bruno was analyzing it i think in episode two he said something to the effect well it doesn't seem like you get your power i I forget the exact wording but something like she's not getting the power from the bangle it just looks like it triggered it but it seems like when she wears it there i I don't know right now i feel like when she wears it she's got more power so I'm, i'm wondering who knows down the road maybe maybe she'll find herself in a situation where she doesn't have them and then she doesn't believe in you know one of those things where like in superman right. or spider-man when he doesn't have the, the the suit and he feels like he's nothing without the suit and then he proves that he is actually something without the suit maybe she'll go something through something similar with these bangles 
I'm just I'm just guessing, maybe hoping, but those bangles don't exist in the comic book, so I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with them in the in the TV show. I wish I could remember the source. I know it was TikTok. I know it was one of the creators that I follow. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I don't remember the name. Because, again, they go by in little one-minute clips. But yeah. someone was comparing Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings and the signal that Wong informs him that they detected when he was using them hmm. and comparing that to the bangle. Interesting in Miss Marvel and wondering if there's some sort of tie-in between the 10 rings and the bangle. And I wouldn't put it past Marvel. Like yeah. I we're into this other phase, you know, and, and Shang-Chi being the big feature film and then Miss Marvel being like this kind of, I want to say a, a nice little sleeper hit on Disney plus. Like I yeah. feel like they could be laying some really subtle groundwork for you know, I and I would love, you know, for for Iman Villani to have a feature film debut as part of whatever the next phase of the Avengers is. Oh, she is actually she she's in the next Captain Marvel movie, which is called The Marvels. Oh, okay. Well, then there yeah. you go. And this is the thing, like, this is what I like about not being so steeped in this, that I read all the blogs and <laughs> casting stuff. So, like, I get surprised when these kind of things happen. So. And, and again, that reminds me, it, it makes me even more curious if they're going to bring the inhuman aspect back because the Kree are in, were in Captain Marvel along with the scrolls. So it's, if she's making her way over to the Marvels where there are going to be Kree, I'm keeping my, my, my eyes and my mind open. I'm, I have, I have high hopes. <laughs> Moving on into the internet minute, which is of course brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the sigil cafe. You can get access to the member only discord server that's shared with my personal discord, as well as access to the barista cut bonus audio sessions. Huge. Thank you to bean counter patron Smurf 588 this week. Really appreciate your support on this episode. And the patron count is at 27. Uh, that was last checked just a little while ago. That's steady on from last week. Our goal each week is to have at least one more patron than the week before. If you would like to be patron number 28, visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. I may have to rename the Internet Minute to the Lego Corner <laughs> because I have another Lego set to share with people. Surprise. Uh, I know, I know. Shocking. <laughs> and this is not something I'm going to be buying for myself because it's ridiculously expensive. It's $500. And it is massive. I it I wouldn't even know where to put it. It's bigger than my TV. Mm. This is the Loop Coaster. It is a functioning high-speed roller coaster nice. from Lego, and uh, it is thirty-seven hundred pieces and measures thirty-six inches long, thirty-three inches tall, and a little over a foot wide. So Jeez. it's not bigger than my TV, but it's, that's large <laughs> three foot by three foot by a little over a foot. Like that is a large, the box this comes in is probably just crazy. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it looks really impressive. It's, it's a very it modern looking roller coaster. So it's not like a rickety kind of like with all the cross beams that you'd see at, at older theme parks. It's more of a new stainless steel looking thing with all the tracks comes with a bunch of minifigures. I just, it's just really cool that. It's more than just a, a Lego theme park build. It's it's a 
I think, a, a feat of Lego engineering. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I'm sure whoever built this, I, it must be someone that was a former engineer and now works at Lego. <laughs> you know, like it has that kind of that kind of appeal to it. And uh, when you look at the pictures on the website and you see it next to other things like bookshelves or headphones, like it's ginormous. It's it's really quite large. Yeah. You got to have the room for that. It's a cool looking showpiece, but. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, tip of the hat to anybody that has like a Lego city that has like a fairground, because this would be an incredible, like key piece, uh, a centerpiece for that. And I'm sure I didn't look before the show, but I'm sure that there are LED light kits that you could buy separately for somewhere between forty and fifty dollars. That you could have the like the loop sign light up. You could have the track light up. You could have like the little uh, loading station. The little um, uh, I'm not sure what you want to call it. The like the place where people get on and off the the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have that light lit up. Like just because when you think about fairgrounds, they're always very lit up. There's lots of lights and blinking things and stuff like that. So I'm sure there's that kind of stuff out there for it. But uh, as a, as a separate product but uh, just on even on its own very very cool very very cool build i just i just can't get over how big it is (laughs) so what is your pick this week uh my pick is actually um a youtube channel my wife turned me on to it's uh called north of the border um basically it's a a a guy named adam who's a sculptor slash maker of tiny nerdy things and you check out the channel he does he'll, he'll do things like uh, make Steve from from Minecraft out of uh, sculpting clay, but make him look realistic. So he'd still have sort of boxy quality, but they'd give him um, sort of more realistic facial features. Or he'll do uh, one that was really cool was a, a miniature floating Minecraft island. And so um, he uses it actually uses waterfalls pouring off of it to support it on the ground below. So it makes the entire thing look like it's floating. It's really well done and. And my son, my sons are a fan of the Hollow Knight game, so he made the Hollow Knight character out of clay, and then he did another thing where he made a Minecraft scene out of actual dirt and like actual nature bits of stone and dirt, as opposed to it making it out of um, modeling clay and stuff. So it's just, it was just pretty interesting. It's a neat little sort of original, unique set of models that he builds. His realistic Lego figure is terrifying. <laughs> Like that is the stuff <laughs> of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That video says I made a realistic Lego man and I'm sorry. And yeah. <laughs> really disturbing. Really disturbing. Uh, I feel like I've seen someone made like 3d models of like cartoon characters like Simpsons or. Oh, right. Like in particular, if it was like a really gross cartoon and then they made like cg models but then like rendered them realistically and like cartoons have eyes and mouths that are like the the width of their head so everything looks like it's got a flip top hinge and it looks really unnatural and really demonic and and whenever you do that kind of stuff with a cartoon it's it's really really twisted i think it was the simpsons that i remember seeing some of those but yeah um this looks like a fun channel i feel like Mm -hmm. uh i feel like i have to pass this on to alistair too because it seems like something he would really enjoy well that's true that's true Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about this show and links to some of the things that we talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email thecitadelcafe at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Follow the show by name on Twitter and subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, really wherever you can find a podcast. 
My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcasts all about Minecraft at the spawnchunks.com. And you can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I stream Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from the Citadel. Stephen, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, really happy to, to talk to you about Miss Marvel because I know how, how big of a fan you are. I've been looking forward to it for a while. I've been looking forward to it for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you online? I'm mostly spending my time on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Stephen ESE and Stephen with a PH. And I stream uh, Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Atlantic and Sunday mornings at 10, p uh, 10 a.m. Atlantic. And uh, for the next little while, I'll be continuing the build on my uh, VW camper van. I'm really enjoying that. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.